The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. We've got Gary Chan with us today. He is a security mentalist with Alfizo LLC. He helps organizations build their information security programs. Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Greg. A pleasure to be here. So I'm really looking forward to learning what a security mentalist is. I've not heard that term before meeting you, but can you first start with your backstory, how you got into cybersecurity, the hows and the whys, and what led you to where you're at today? Sure. Well, I graduated from MIT with a degree in electrical engineering and computer science, and I went straight into IT consulting. Uh, and then I found my dream job, uh, which is breaking things. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I did that just as a matter of habit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So that was my so that was my first foray is after Accenture, I took up a job doing anti-fraud. Uh, and then from there, I went into information security. I've led teams uh, doing information security and anti-fraud. And I guess I've just gone on a really long journey of doing security for a couple of decades now. So it's been a ton of fun. So, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about this security mentalist thing, because I'm, I'm you know what, I'm not even going to ask a question beyond, can you explain what a security mentalist is and why it's important and what you do with it? Sure. Well, I'll tell you the fun part first, and then I'll tell you what you do with it. So the fun part is I do performances, kind of like magic shows for conferences or corporate events that incorporate security concepts in a live experiential way. So for example, I'll talk a little bit about how we can differentiate between someone who is uh, lying or not lying, and then I'll bring on a volunteer, and then we will go through it. And it's a, a true volunteer. It has not been set up, uh, and we'll have them go through it, and I'm going to try to tell whether or not they're lying. Uh, so it's just a bunch of different security concepts, and then putting it all together and showing people how easy it is to influence people or do things like, you know, fishing, getting people to do things that they know they shouldn't be doing, but then they are. Right. So that's the fun part of security mentalism. And then the practical part is it's really a lot of game theory and then thinking along, along the lines of what happens if I do this, then this happens. Right. So if you make a password really hard for people to remember, they're just going to write it down. And so that's just the, the game theory part. So uh, that's what security mentalism security mentalism is. So from the first part, the, the, the fun part, I, I would think that. Um, you could use this power for great evil. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think about Spider-Man. It's just like with great power uh, comes great responsibility. But uh, am I correct in assuming that you're you're in some ways by um, demonstrating this in front of the audience, you're helping to educate the audience. Sorry, a fly just flew by. <laughs> educating the audience on um, on how the bad guys actually can work. So I think a lot of it is really introductory to the concepts of how people can be tricked. So I don't actually teach a lot of the details around how the things are done. I teach the general concept because in a one hour show or however long it happens to be, you really can't go into that much depth. I've been doing this for a very long time. Okay. 
Is there a, is there a sort of an example that you can give us about? Um, I know you 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 on a high level said about lying, but are, are there are there a little bit more detailed examples about what you talk about when you um, have this show? Sure. Uh, do you have time right now? It'll take a couple of minutes. Absolutely. All right. I am really looking forward to this. Awesome. Well, this will be good for our audiences at home, and this is going to this is going to work for the majority of people who are listening but it won't work for everyone and that's okay uh, so think of a number between one and ten okay I'm gonna write it down right now and you you can't see it right I just wrote I it can't down. see it I can't see it so okay just uh, uh, audiences at home think of a number between one and ten take that number and multiply it by nine to create a new number all right that new number, Take the digits of that number and add them together to create a new number. All right. Got that Take that there. number, subtract five from that number to create a new number. Okay. We're now going to convert that number into a letter. So if it's a number one, you convert it to A. If it's two, it's B. Three is C, and so on and so forth. I got to think about that. Okay. Okay, so take that letter and think of a country that begins with that letter. <laughs> okay, I have no idea where this is leading. And that's the fun part. All right. Take the last letter of that country and think of an animal that begins with that letter. I had to choose that country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, got that. And then take the last letter of that animal and think of a color that begins with that letter. All right. And I just wrote that down. All right. So most people would have thought of an orange kangaroo in Denmark. <laughs> orange kangaroo in Denmark. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. So you really had free choices along the way. Now, you you had a number between one and ten. I had you go through a bunch of steps, and you, I hope that you got to four, which got to D. You had a free choice. You could have thought of Dominican Republic. You could have thought of Djibouti. You could have thought of Dominica. But most people in America will think of Denmark. It's just the what people do. They just they just do that. And then I asked you to think of the last letter, and then that's a K in this case, and think of an animal. And in North America, we think kangaroo. Now, I almost did koala. I know. And but but I wasn't sure how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it with a C or a K? And then, and then, you know, I didn't know you were going for the last letter. I could have just done K-A, you know. It's like it would have been fine. Right. But, but, but when I get to the next step, if you had chosen, chosen koala, some people would have been like, should I have done koala bear or koala? And then, then they get confused and then they go back to kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean that I was spot on. And then of course when you get to O and you say choose a fruit, well, what other fruits are there that begin with O? Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, fruit color, you know, whatever. So, you know, that's the fun part, right? You 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 lead people down a bunch of steps. You know with a high probability that something is going to happen. You don't know for sure, so but it, it's a lot of fun anyway. But if you have a high probability, then you can kind of predict, you make some predictions, it's still a better guess than nothing. And that's what security mentalism is. So, so is, um, I mean, just, I, I, I won't stay stuck on this example for too long, but, but 
I mean, this isn't like guaranteed that you're going to come out with this result. Like I chose eight as a number, but I mean, does it matter which number I choose in the beginning? Will I always end up with four? That's right. Okay. So, so it's always going to be four. It's always going to be D. And then the whole thing is like uh, the, the actual variable thing is going to be Denmark kangaroo and orange. Oh, that's that's uh, right. But the, but the very beginning part sort of throws people off and gets them just going through and getting used to following your instructions because you want them to go fast. Mm-hmm. So it, it has a, it has a purpose. That's not just part of the quote unquote trick. It's it has a real purpose as part of it. Yeah, no, I can see that. It, it's almost like a preconditioning. Like you're you're you're. I, I don't know if I should really use the term grooming, but you're you're. I'll, I'll stick with preconditioning. And and I can see that in security where, um, again, I always think about the adversary where they will try initially to um, pre condition someone so that when they get to the point of trying to get them to do exactly what they want to do, boom, they're already there. Do I, am, am I kind of spot on about this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That thing. So it's just thinking through all those steps. What are people going to do? And then making sure that you catch them on the other side. So for example, with anti-fraud, right? Whenever you go to the DMV or whatever, you know, there are a lot of people who try to get the ID that's actually not belonging to them, right? And a lot of them are in college because they want a 21-year-old ID or something. And a lot of them, they take their roommates' credentials. And then when they go there and then they figure out that Sally Sue is not Jane Smith, then they're like, hey, you can't do this. It's not not yours. Well, I can tell you exactly what they're going to do next. They're going to get in their car and they're going to drive to the the next DMV. DMV. (laughs) Exactly the (laughs) next one, right? Like, So then you can just call them and say, hey, you know, this person's coming in and this is what they're going to do. Right. So, and, and I can list that out. I'm not going to tell everything, but you know, oh, like, I know, they're, I like know. Ten, yeah. they're like 10 steps. Like I can predict <clears throat> 10 steps, exactly what that person is going to do. It's so much <laughs> harder. It's so much harder nowadays to, to, to get a, a, a driver's license for being 21 when you're a teenager. And I don't mind saying this because I'm sure the statute of limitations have run out, but back in my day, our licenses were just a on a printed piece of paper. So if you were very good with a lead pencil, like a mechanical pencil and some hairspray, you could change the digits a little bit and then put a little hairspray on so it wouldn't fudge it and then present that and boom, you were in. That was how we did it back in the 80s. <laughs> so <laughs> can't do that now. It's like, so, but I was learning how to fraud because I knew at some point in time I was going to be in a career that would help prevent for fraud. So it, it was it was on the job training for me. That's my excuse. There you that, go. That is absolutely fascinating. And I'm, so I'm thinking a little bit further beyond this now that, um, you know, with our clients and probably with yours as well, because I know you're, you, you, you also, in addition to to providing this service, this this presentation that you do, you also help organizations with their security programs. And I would imagine that part of that is running tabletop exercises. Is that pretty much correct? I don't typically run tabletops, but I obviously understand what they are, and I might recommend them and then send them to some other folks who do. Tabletop. Oh, okay. Well, well, we sometimes do that, and 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 we'll stop like periodically through the scenario. And um, this has got me thinking a little bit more that if I can, if I can sort of like, I'm going to continue to use the word precondition them into a certain way of thinking that maybe I can help expose some gaps along the way, because that's what I'm trying to do going down that path. Wow. You obviously have fun doing this, don't you? Oh, it's a ton of fun. I, I love it. And it's coming up with these different scenarios, these different routines. You know, people just enjoy watching them in it. And most of the time it just blows their mind, which is what I'm trying to do and just make it fun, but also get across the point that this stuff is 
quote unquote easy whenever you're spending 40 hours a week trying to trick somebody that you can be tricked no matter how smart you are. Well, we spend so much time in InfoSec and cybersecurity in particular of um, talking about all sorts of technical controls to keep people safe. And we talk about there's this ongoing debate on LinkedIn and other places. It seems like it's like, stop blaming the person. It's like, if you, if someone clicks on something, it's not their fault. It's because your controls weren't in place to stop them from doing that. And I've always been of the opinion that there is a um, um, convergence of both that need to come together. And I, I really like this hearing this because it, it, it makes sense. And I'm going to pivot to on uh, Alfizo's uh, website, your tagline is pragmatic information security, security, build security that makes business sense. I'd like to get your definition of pragmatic information security, because I also like using that expression. Awesome. So pragmatic to me means that you're doing it and there actually is a real business reason to do it versus because the book said so. I like to tier things into the following way. So I, I tell folks, look, you need some security for your business. Are you trying to protect against opportunistic hackers? Do you have some guy who's just after you? Do you have insider threats that you're worried about? What are those things that you're worried about from a end user perspective? And then we can construct something that makes sense for that. So for example, if you're worried about the opportunistic hacker, and I'll just use a house as the example, if you lock your doors, but you don't lock any of your windows, don't bother spending any money because they're just going to go to your window. And that's where some of the mentalism part comes in, right? You just think about what's the other guy going to do? Your adversary that you've just told me that you were worried about, well, they'll just work around you. You're just wasting your money. So a lot of it is thinking about it from a practical, very, very practical standpoint and saying, if I put this in, how am I really, truly going to benefit me? And I'll give you one other example that I think really just blows a lot of people's minds. So whenever there are these zero days or, you know, one, uh, these, these things, and then, of course, you want to, uh, you, you want to put in some controls and stuff like that. And you have a bunch of people hair on fire running around in an organization trying to figure out what to do. So one of my favorite things to do in the lessons learned afterwards is say, well, what happened if you did absolutely nothing? Mm. Nothing. And of course, the very first answer is, well, we would have been breached. We would have had all these problems and it would have costed us $10 million. And I'm like, well, let's look at this, right? So if we build out a timeline, we know that at hour one, you did X, hour two, you did Y. But we also know that you use some security product, whatever it is. And at the 30 minute mark, they had actually implemented this automated block that downloaded to your system. Well, we know that the hacker came in at hour 10 because we can see that in the logs. So if you did absolutely nothing, really, you were actually already protected 30 minutes in and everything that you did after that was a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the reaction after that? It's like, well, I guess we don't have to do anything else in security. We just put in tools and they just do the job for us. Well, th so that is usually the reaction, but there's a no, no, that's not the point because of right. course the next time it might not be that 30 minute mark. The, the point is, is that you need to understand the value that you bring, right. right? And then you can articulate that because the next time maybe it is that that thing would have come in at hour five, 
and then you started at hour one and so you were protecting along the way the point is this way you know your true value and then you can also optimize for it so what happens if there are two issues that day well you know this thing happened here and now you know you don't need to worry about that maybe you need to worry about the other thing first right so it really helps you prioritize as well as articulate exactly what you're worth so what if what if the uh, business I think your first question is was uh, along the lines of what do you what are your goals what are you trying to do um what if they come back and say we just want to be compliant with high trust or something like that but what do you say to them they're just looking for compliance sure and that's a very common one but first of all I'll tell them Choosing high trust to be compliant with is probably one of the, the hardest ones that you could have possibly picked. <laughs> I know, I know. I should have picked somebody else. We'll go with CIS top 18 or 18. Yeah, security yeah exactly. We do that one. Yeah, exactly. So then we would just work through it and we would say, well, uh, let's go through this uh, and kind of figure out with because there's so much leeway, like in the CIS, uh, on how you interpret the information that you can just go through and say, well, what do you have in this particular area, whether it's passwords or firewalls or whatever? And then we can sort of couch that into the language to make sure that it fits as best as possible. But I always take it up a level and I say, hey, I know you want to be compliant, but why are you even bothering being compliant with CIS or you know whatever, right? And a lot of times it goes back to contractual obligations. And then I'll say, well, is there, have you signed the contract yet? <laughs> and if the answer is no, then we can usually just negotiate that. Uh, so I help like with with that a lot. Like, how do you how do you you know how do you do that along with their legal team? Like, you know, explain to folks what it is that you do so that you can, for the most part, practically speaking, get out of doing anything. Um, and so it's really understanding what the business problem is and solving that. In other cases, you're right. They just, for whatever reason, blinders are on and they just say, I want to be compliant, in which case you go through it and you just say, here's what you do. Here's how it maps over. And in this case, you don't have this. So maybe we argue for this other compensating control. Uh, and then we just you know move from there. Yeah, but I, I, I like your approach because I think that we as information security professionals have a responsibility to try to steer folks away, at least initially, from the idea of like being compliant means you're secure because a lot of times that's what they really think. Uh, how many times have, have you heard um, the same things that we all have heard? It's like, well, you know, I passed a PCI audit, you know, uh, uh, no, no issues or SOC two or something like that. We were secure. How could this happen? And they, they never really focused on actually building uh, a security program to meet that compliance as opposed because you can't build a compliance program to meet security. So I like that approach very much. And I think that more folks should do that as well. Um, so I, I'm still stuck on the mentalist thing. There's, there's a, <laughs> one of the things that, I, that I, I read about, I think in your bio from the beginning is that now part of this is based on uh, magic. You, you've been doing magic for a long time. Yeah, I've been doing magic since the 10th grade. So longer than I've been doing security. Uh, some people might say that security is magic. <laughs> so that's, that's a great There we point. go. It's, it, it works. It works. So do but you yeah, bring no. other elements of that to your to your presentation that you do? I would say a lot of this, the performance, yes. So, you know, how do you, uh, how do you run a show? How do you keep people engaged? So all of that goes as part of it. So I definitely use a lot of those magic skills, if you will, but less so the sort of dexterity and sort of the hand movements, if that makes sense. Well, and, um, part of the reason why I was pinging on that, and I'm not a magician, I've always been uh, enthralled by by seeing um, those sorts of things. But um, 
but from what I've always understood that really a lot of how it's done is, is from distraction. Like, you know, look at this left hand, but don't, don't look at the right hand. And there's such a, isn't there a security parallel there? Yeah, that, that definitely is. And I actually, that's part, one of the concepts that I bring up in my show where I even, I even explain to people many times, like, this is what I'm going to do, but you just can't stop from doing the wrong thing. So, and then, and then you kind of do that and then they, they're like, wait, wait, what, you know? And so it's, it's a lot of fun, but yes, I, I do use that concept as well. Well, you know, I often ask at about this point in time in the podcast, I'll say, well, you know, running your own business or being in information security and all that, it's very stressful. But it sounds like that part of what you do is so much fun that that also relieves the stress. But I can also imagine that just going up um, in front of an audience can be stressful no matter how many times you've done it. I've I've done public speaking. That's one of the things they talk about in Toastmasters. It's like you you never get rid of that edge. You just learn how to um, tap into it, I guess. But, um, what do you do? What is one of your favorite things that you do to decompress, to get away from all the stress from InfoSec business running and and show performances? Well, I play like many other it people, I will play a lot of video games and Uh I also like to play tennis when the weather's out, but St. Louis weather is, you can never tell. So you can never know if you can go outside or not. It's a little bit tough to play tennis in the snow, I guess. The ball wouldn't bounce all that well. Yeah, yeah. but that's what I do. It's 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 good though. I'm able to find some time. I, I I've only been to St. Louis a couple of times, but I I remember one time I was there. That big old arch that they have there, those little eggs that you just sit in. You know, those egg cars that go up and down. It's like I don't. Just a totally random thought, but um, boy, it's probably been about 15 years since I've been there. Uh, well, what are your future? it since then. So really? There are, they're, they're not eggs anymore? or Well, I haven't been up since they've renovated. Uh, so, okay. But they renovated the whole place and all of the downstairs area is like kind of a really nice museum. And so there's just uh, more to do now because it's just such a big attraction. Everybody goes to the arch. Yeah. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't miss it. It's just, I mean, every, every time you look around, it's like, there it is. It's huge. Um. But what are your future plans? Continue with the performance? Continue with the with the business? I think so. That's I, I love doing it, and you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say too. It's just like some people ask me, well, "What's the end game for VCs or services?" I'm like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to take it with me to the grave. I just enjoy doing it so much. So, but not expecting that anytime soon. Well, Gary, listen, it has been an absolute pleasure. I don't know if I've had this much fun on a podcast before. I I, I just love going through that that uh, demonstration. And yes, to everybody else, it's like, I, we didn't talk about this beforehand. So it, it it was a good example, a simple example on on basically trying to lead people to the outcomes that you want them to have. So I really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Greg. It's been a ton of fun on my side, too. The website for Alfizo is alfizo.com. And for Gary's uh, site for creating memorable experiences for corporate audiences, go to gschan2000.com. Everybody stay secure. <laughs>